Welcome back to Disney Independent. I'm producer Ash. I'm flying solo this week because, you guys, it finally happened. I finally had enough of James and Sarah's guff, and I fired them. No, that's not it. Uh, James has been in and out of dentists and endodontists all week, getting tortured in the chair, and Sarah tested positive for COVID last week, so she has been in isolation. I'm also pretty sure that I had COVID last week, but you know what? My test said that I was negative, so I'm going to choose to believe I was negative. But um, no, I've also been isolating this entire time. But oh my god, I hear something. What could that possibly be? Do 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 do. It is 50 degrees and partly cloudy at not Disneyland, and it's 76 and cloudy at Disneyland. Since it's just me in the studio today, I get to choose whatever the heck I want to talk about. And as a history major in college... I like to talk about history, so you're coming with me in the Wayback Machine. Vroom, vroom, vroom. We're heading back to 1962. 1962. The median household income in the United States was $6,000. A new house cost $12,000. Milk was about a dollar a gallon. Eggs were 32 cents a dozen. And a pound of bacon cost 69 cents. <laughs> The world watched the news about the Cuban Missile Crisis, seemingly on the brink of nuclear war. The Beatles released their first record, Love Me Do, and John Glenn became the first American to orbit the Earth. Norma Jean Mortensen, better known by her stage name as Marilyn Monroe, was found dead of a drug overdose in her home in Los Angeles. She was discovered lying nude on her bed, face down, with a telephone in one hand and a prescription drug bottle scattered around her room. Well, enough of that. Let's go to Disneyland in 1962. My mom found this really cool, I don't know if it's a brochure or a book, but it's kind of a combination of the two that obviously came from the park itself in 1962, and it's called Walt Disney's Guide to Disneyland. I'll put some pictures on Instagram when this episode comes out, but it just is a kind of a really cool snapshot of what the park was like at this time and what their plans were, what they're excited about. So I thought that I would just read some of this to you guys to get a good view of what the heck it was like in 1962. That's assuming that none of you were actually there in 1962. It's entirely possible that some of them has. So if you were, let me know. First up, Main Street, USA. So these are Walt's words, and I'm not going to talk in Walt's voice the entire time because I just can't. Maybe I'll slip in and out at some point. I don't know. He says, Many of us fondly remember our small hometown and its friendly way of life at the turn of the century. To me, this era represents an important part of our heritage, and thus we have endeavored to recapture those years on Main Street USA at Disneyland. Here is the America of 1890 to 1910, at the crossroads of an era where the gas lamp is gradually being replaced by the electric lamp, The plodding, horse-drawn streetcar is giving way to the chugging, horseless carriage. America was in transition. The discoveries of the late 19th century were beginning to affect our way of life. Main Street represents the typical small town in the early 1900s, the heartline of America. For those of us who remember those carefree times, Main Street will bring back happy memories. For our younger visitors, it is an adventure in turning back the clock to the days of grandfather's youth. When you visit the apothecary, the ice cream parlor, the market house, and the exhibits which have been recreated from this bygone era, we hope you'll visualize, as I often do, 
your own hometown's main street, or the one your parents and grandparents have told you about. And before leaving Main Street, many of you will want to board one of the Santa Fe and Disneyland Railroad trains at the old-fashioned Main Street Depot for a complete trip around Disneyland. The 1890 trains pass through the Grand Canyon Diorama, where you'll see the breathtaking beauty of this natural wonder and its wildlife inhabitants. Next, we go to Fantasyland. When we were planning Fantasyland, I recalled the lyrics of the song, When You Wish Upon a Star. The words of that melody from our picture, Pinocchio, inspired us to create a land where dreams could actually come true. In Fantasyland, those classic stories of childhood have become actual realities for you to participate in. Here in the happiest kingdom of them all, you can journey with Snow White through the dark forests to the home of the Seven Dwarves. Fly with Peter Pan from the clutches of Mr. Snee and race with Mr. Toad on his wild ride through old London town. There are many other happy adventures in Fantasyland, too. Through the rabbit hole, you'll find the nonsensical world of Alice in Wonderland, and Dumbo, the elephant with aerodynamic ears, will carry you on a flight high above Fantasyland. Probably something like 20 feet above Fantasyland, but who's counting? In colorful Dutch canal boats, you'll journey through Storybook Land to view the homes of the Three Little Pigs, Pinocchio's Village, and Cinderella's Dream Castle. The time you spend in this gay and carefree kingdom will be a dream come true for everyone who is young at heart. Up next we have Frontierland. All of us, whether 10th generation or naturalized Americans, have cause to be proud of our country's history shaped by the pioneering spirit of our forefathers. It is to those hardy pioneers, men and women of vision, faith, and courage, that we have dedicated Frontierland. Here you can return to Frontier America, from the Revolutionary War era to the final taming of the Great Southwest. In Frontierland, you'll find one of Disneyland's newest developments, a seven-acre wildlife preserve that was inspired by our true-life adventure films of recent years. We call this new area Nature's Wonderland because it represents our great North American wilderness before the coming of man. And just before you start thinking that maybe they had an actual wildlife preserve that was actually taking care of animals, he goes on to say, 200 animated lifelike animals, birds and reptiles, working, playing, and struggling for survival are seen from aboard the Western Mine Train or a sturdy mule pack traveling through the area. Well, I guess there's real mules there, so maybe that's our nature preserve. Back in civilization, you'll laugh uproariously at the rollicking floor show in the Golden Horseshoe Saloon, and also enjoy the scenic journey along the rivers of America and a glimpse of Mark Twain country. Mississippi Sternwheeler, three-masted schooner, Mike Fink keelboats, and Indian war canoes all ply the river's winding course. A special treat is a trip to Tom Sawyer Island, reached via Huck Finn Raft. On the island, you'll find everything an adventurous boy could want. Definitely not a girl, but definitely a boy. Including Old Fort Wilderness and the Treehouse. All these and many other adventures in Frontierland are designed to give you the feeling of having lived, even for a short while, during our country's days of pioneer development. I can't remember if... This was recorded, or if this was just an off-camera conversation between Sarah and I, but when we were on one of those boats, we were looking at the Mark Fink cabin camp on 
the island and thinking how rad it would be if you could actually stay in that area all to yourself and you could just be part of the attraction. You could walk out, you know, certain times of the day wearing your stupid like Frontierland outfit on and wave at the people going by in the boats and, and then get to just enjoy like a little rustic living, like actually rustic, not like, you know, Disneyland rustic, but like something really National Parksy. Anyways, I digress. Now that we've gone back in time to the birth of America, let's zoom forward to Tomorrowland. Tomorrow can be a wonderful age. Our scientists today are opening the doors of the space age to achievements which will benefit our children and generations to come. In Tomorrowland, you will actually experience what many of America's foremost men of science and industry, again, men, that's 1962, that's what they did, uh, predict for the world of tomorrow. And Tomorrowland has kept pace with today's rapid advances by continually adding new adventures based on man's latest achievements. Today, you can enjoy tomorrow's noiseless, that's a hard word, noiseless, smooth preview of city mass transportation, the Disneyland Allweg monorail system. Didn't ever hear that word before, Allweg. In 1961, the monorail was extended to a two and a half mile circuit with a true transit purpose, carrying passengers between Disneyland Park and the Disneyland Hotel. In traveling outside Disneyland, the trains parallel a major highway at speeds of up to 45 miles per hour. Last time I was in LA, it was a lot faster than that, but again, this is how many years ago? 60. Fact or fancy, flying saucers nonetheless also have a place in Tomorrowland. Our newest adventure includes 64 individual flying saucers in which each guest pilots his own ship in free flight above the ground. In Tomorrowland, also, you'll explore the mysteries of liquid space aboard authentic submarines cruising the seven seas to view the lost continent of Atlantis, the Mermaid Lagoon, and traveling beneath the polar ice cap. And you'll board a rocket ship to blast off into outer space. It's a lot of promises. Youngsters of all ages drive real gasoline-powered Mark V automobiles. Editor's note, that was actually Mark V. The V stands for five, because that's a Roman numeral, and I learned that at some point in time. The automobiles on Tomorrowland's popular Super Autopia freeways. And the snow-capped Matterhorn Mountain has two high-speed bobsleds carrying you down its slopes and through Glacier Grotto inside the mountain. Whether you're a grown-up or a youngster, you'll want to visit Monsanto's all-plastic house of the future. I actually would have liked to have seen that. Nearby, our pioneer 360-degree motion picture development, Circa-Rama, takes you on the Bell Systems tour of the United States, America the Beautiful. Every time I think of America the Beautiful now, I think of that girl that got crushed to death when in one of the spinning components on that. Anywho, these Tomorrowland attractions and many others have been designed to give you an opportunity to participate in adventures which are a living blueprint of our future. No tour of Disneyland will be complete without visiting my personal favorite of all of the parklands, Adventureland. I'm a little bit worried to read this one because I haven't fully read it yet and I feel like there is some ample opportunity for... Um, 
some rather un-PC language, but here we go. Everyone has a dream of traveling to mysterious far-off places or exotic tropical regions of the world. To create a land which would make these dreams a reality, we pictured ourselves far from civilization in the remote jungles of Asia and Africa. In this, quote, wonderland of nature's own design, end quote, you will find bright orchids, colorful flowers, tropical plantings, and trees imported from the four corners of the world. Adventureland is also filled with, quote, wild animals, ew, uh, quote, savage, unquote, natives, sorry, and nearly two dozen, quote, frolicking Indian elephants at play in their, quote, sacred bathing pool. So up until now, I have not been using the quotes because there's a lot of them, and I think I'm going to go back to not using them because that was getting really obnoxious. You'll enjoy all of this on an explorer's boat cruise, which carries you away from civilization on an exciting trip down the mysterious jungle rivers. Adventure lurks at every bend in the winding waterways. There is the misty Amazon with its tropical rainforest, the sunken ruins of the lost ancient city of Ganesha, the murky Mekong River of Indochina, the swirling rapids of the Nile, and many more thrills that await jungle travelers. Crocodiles, elephants, lions, tigers, headhunters. And we're not talking the modern kind where they're trying to find you a job. Giraffes, hippos, gorillas. You'll meet them all in this true-to-life safari into the jungle wonder world of Adventureland. So that is it for the bulk of the tour. There is a section... Um, about the special shows and exhibits that were on display at this time in 1962. So I thought I would also go through that. So it says, Disneyland has many entertaining and informative special attractions, exhibits, and shows, which are sponsored by some of America's best-known companies. These include, on Main Street, we have Up John Pharmacy, a detailed, accurate recreation of an 1890 apothecary. Wurlitzer Music Hall, daily organ concerts and display of pianos and organs. There's the Bank of America, complete banking services and facilities in the setting of an 1890s era bank. That actually sounds like kind of a nice bank to go to. Eastman Kodak, which is the photo information headquarters. There's the Carefree Corner, which is the complete tourist information and registration center sponsored by North America companies. Doesn't say which ones, but they're from North America. There's the Yale and Town, town with an E because it's fancy. A complete display of the locksmith's art from the oldest to the newest. Would actually kind of like to see that. There's the baby station, not the baby changing station, not the baby rest station, baby station. Which is a facility for changing infants' diapers, preparing formulas, warming bottles, and feeding babies. And the Swift's Market House, the old-fashioned general store of Grandfather's Day. In Tomorrowland, there's Monsanto's Home of the Future. Quote-unquote, years ahead. Home, showing the uses of plastic in home construction and appliances. Many new innovations for comfort and convenience. There is the bell system, quote, America the Beautiful which is the Circarama presentation of our country's natural and man-made wonders. And there's Dutch Boy, 
the color gallery highlighting our future in colors. Sounds like a paint wall, but I'm not sure. There's the Monsanto Hall of Chemistry exhibiting chemistry's contributions to tomorrow's life. Over in Frontierland, there is the Pepsi-Cola Golden Horseshoe Review, which is a 40-minute Old West stage show featuring comedy and singing. Other special shows in the parks include the Disneyland Band, daily concerts in Plaza Gardens at the Opera House, and the, quote, retreat ceremony in Town Square each afternoon. They also feature the Indian Village, a an authentic recreated Plains Indian village where tribal dances are performed in the ceremonial dancing circle. And there's the Flight Circle, a hobby corner where gasoline-powered model airplanes, boats, and racers are demonstrated. The final portion of this brochure slash book is Coming Attractions, which has really great concept art for the Haunted Mansion and New Orleans Square and a bunch of other cool stuff that they're building in the next few years. So when Disneyland opened in 1955, Walt Disney said, oh, hey, so good note. This is no longer in Walt's voice and I didn't slip into his voice one time. Congrats to me. We are now not talking through Walt's voice, but through the Disney Corporation. When Disneyland opened in 1955, Walt Disney said, Disneyland will never be completed. It will continue to grow to add new things as long as there is imagination left in the world. Two new major attractions are in the construction stage now and scheduled to open in summer of 1963. Walt Disney's Haunted Mansion and Old New Orleans Square. Both attractions are part of a $7 million expansion in Adventureland and Frontierland, that also included the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse, a safari shooting gallery. Interesting, safari shooting gallery. There's currently the old Rootin' Tootin' West style shooting gallery, but I wonder what you were shooting in safari. Maybe some bull elephants or something. Uh, new animations on the Jungle River Cruise, Tahitian Terrace, and Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room, all of which opened in 1962. The Haunted Mansion will constitute a fashionable address for both famous and infamous spirits the world over. It is especially designed for ghosts wishing to make a name for themselves and for ghosts afraid to live alone. The mansion will be replete with a swank ghost men's club. What in the heck is that? And will be the only haunted house anywhere with stereophonic screams. Restless spirits from all corners of the globe are expected to converge on Disneyland in the future and enjoy, quote, active retirement in the Haunted Mansion. Old New Orleans Square, patterned after the French Quarter of Old New Orleans, will have true to life of the times that was all one word with dashes in between them. Restaurants, entertainment, shops, and even a thieves market. Ah, uh, but they don't make a lot of money there if everyone's stealing stuff. Walt Disney's Haunted Mansion and Old New Orleans Square are two Disney dreams that are now coming attractions at Disneyland, the happiest, most exciting place in the world. Fabulous Disneyland Hotel and gourmet restaurants to come. Located directly across the street from Disneyland Park, the Disneyland Hotel is family vacation headquarters for a year-round resort designed and priced for family fun. I don't know about that anymore. Just as Disneyland Park is constantly adding new features, so too is the Disneyland Hotel. 
another in the chain of fine Rather Hotels, Inc., expanding to provide even greater facilities for the entire family. Today, you can board America's first daily operating monorail, the Disneyland Alweg monorail system, flows right off the tongue, at the Disneyland Hotel Station and travel into Disneyland aboard the Train of the Future. When you're ready to return to the hotel for an afternoon swim or a round of golf, step on board the monorail again in Tomorrowland and travel directly to the hotel's main entrance. Recreational activities at the Disneyland Hotel are unexcelled. Never heard that word before, but I kind of like it. Unexcelled. And there's something for everyone in the family, including a night-lighted par-3 golf course, a 50-T driving range, a putting green, and a unique miniature golf course where each hole is based on a Disneyland theme. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm a child. An 11-story tower building is the latest addition to the hotel. More than 150 rooms of the hotel are located in the tower, and high atop the tower building is the, quote, top of the park a three-tiered cocktail lounge from which visitors can view surrounding Anaheim. A glass elevator which runs on the outside of the tower whisks visitors to the top. In a setting amidst tropical plantings, an Olympic-sized heated swimming pool keynotes the hotel's leisure facilities. The pool is surrounded by cabanas, deck chairs, and lounging areas, ideal for sunbathing and relaxation. Along the main pool are a smaller wading pool and sand and play areas for youngsters, and nearby, shuffleboard facilities. For dining, the gourmet restaurants composed of coffee shop, cocktail lounge, dining rooms, and banquet hall overlook the hotel's lighted and terraced pools and orange groves. Side note, if you haven't already listened to our episode where we go over the menus throughout the decades, it'd be interesting to go back and listen to that because we go over some of the menus from the Disneyland Hotel proper, which are their, like, fanciest, most expensive meals that they would serve on the prop- on the park property. Breakfast, luncheon, and dinner, and late snacks are featured at the Gourmet, with nightly entertaining in the Around the World Lounge, and weekly fashion shows in the restaurant. What? The Disneyland Hotel encompasses more than 450 rooms, plus presidential suite and penthouse. Each room is designed to sleep four people in comfort and convenience in a single unit, with air conditioning, a television set, and sun deck or patio standard facilities with each unit. Conventions are a family affair in this unique setting, with an expanded 11,000-square-foot major convention center. In addition to the hotel's popular conference rooms and the gourmet's banquet halls, which serve dinner parties, of from 25 to 1200 people can you imagine you're a businessman in the 60s and you're clearly not a businesswoman you're a businessman and you're bringing your wife and the little ones with you to disneyland to the disneyland hotel because you're having some kind of boring ass work convention and your family gets to go to disneyland all day I just got so mad thinking about being that person that had to be in one of those conference rooms all day while everyone else is at disneyland Anyways, in the main administrative building, guests will find a wide variety of distinctive shops offering gifts, clothing, cosmetics and sundries, cameras, film, toys, jewelry, and fashionable imports. A barbershop, beauty parlor, radio station, and airline ticket agencies are also located within the hotel. 
transportation by limousine and helicopter is available directly to Disneyland Hotel from LA Airport. Hold up. Can you imagine being that wealthy that you land in LAX and back then it was probably kind of nice looking. It's not the dump heap that it is today. And you get on a helicopter or in a limousine, either way. But, you know, let's say helicopter and you get flown directly to the hotel. You don't leave the property at all. You probably land on the friggin' building and then you go stay in the penthouse. I feel very poor right now. Well, that is the end of the brochure slash book slash booklet that I was given from my mother about 1962 Walt Disneyland. Now, if you have made it this far, you are very impressive, I have to say. Thank you for hanging in there. And as a reward, I am going to now regale you with the tale, the saga of when I almost was a Christmas elf. This is something that we promised to talk about right before Christmas. It didn't happen. We talk about lots of things we promised you guys and then they never come true because we're assholes. But I'm here with the mic, so I might as well tell it at this point. So let me paint the picture for you. This is my first big girl job. I w- I'm working for uh, an international nonprofit, so they don't have a lot of money. They can't afford to pay people like me to work there year round. So I was doing seasonal work for about nine, ten months out of the year with the time around Christmas being the period that I would be unemployed every year. And I'm talking to my therapist one day and I just I'm needing something to do. I'm getting anxious. I don't have any money. And so she's trying to talk me into getting a seasonal Christmas job. Now, she starts listing all of the things that you can think of. You know, stores are hiring. And Christmas tree lots are hiring. The malls are hiring for elves. And this is an insane idea. But I have been reading a lot of David Sedaris at this point. And if you've ever read Holidays on Ice... Or have seen or heard the Santa Land Diaries, his story about him being an elf. Then you will know how hilarious that story is. So I figure, you know what? I'm not above it. Who am I to judge? If David Sedaris can do it, maybe I can. So a little bit more back context. Not only did I apply to be a Christmas elf in my adulthood... But in the seventh grade, I also was a cheerleader. Now, if you were to meet me, knowing only these two pieces of information, that I was at one point a cheerleader and that I wanted to be a Christmas elf, you would have a completely polar opposite vision of who I am as a person. So this is very out of character for me. I'm exceedingly painfully shy at this point in my life, and I don't like wearing costumes. Unless they're, you know, like, bloody costumes for, like, a horror thing. So, I'm applying to be a Christmas elf. I've sucked down all of my shame and my ego, and I have applied. And I have credentials at this point. I'm a college grad. I've got good work ethic and a solid history of work. I figure, you know, they're going to want me, clearly. Well, they don't even call me. They don't call at all. I check in with them. They they clearly don't want me. I can't even get someone on the phone. I can't get someone by email. So not only did I swallow my pride 
and apply to be the silliest job that anyone can possibly do during the Christmas season. But I wasn't even qualified to be an elf. That was a very humbling moment in my life, and I look back on it with shame and humor. So there it is. Now you know. I'm not even qualified to be an elf. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of Disney Dependent. We'll be back with the full crew next week, hopefully, and knocking on wood somewhere. And we'll see you next time. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Disney Dependent. And you can send us an email at DisneyDependent at gmail.com. This podcast is produced by Producer Ash. The logo is by Ryan Hatch, and you can find him at WR Hatch on Instagram. The music is by Ryan Knowles, and you can find him at Ryan Allen Knowles on Instagram. This show is mixed and edited by Deanna Chapman. You can find Deanna at Deanna underscore Chapman. And this has been a Team Dynamite Goat production. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the show, and we'll be back here next week.